0: 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
1: Hey, if you'd like to hear this show without ads and plugs interrupting, there's one thing you can do right now to make that happen, and that is become a PW Torch VIP member. You get about a dozen other podcasts throughout the week that I host that are VIP exclusive. And you get the Wade Keller post-shows and podcasts during the week with the ads and plugs removed. All on a separate feed exclusively for VIP members. Plus tons of other podcasts that are VIP exclusive. Access to our full archives of podcasts dating back to 2004. Which includes post-pay-per-view roundtables dating back to late 2004. Also access to our full archives, thousands of podcasts, over 1,500 back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter that started it all, add free access to our website and more. Check out full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com. That's pwtorchvipinfo.com to get full details and then jump to our sign-up form. It's mobile-friendly, desktop-friendly. In two minutes, you can be a VIP member, show support for us, and we'll give you a lot in return, including... A streamlined listening experience on your iPhone or Android device with the ads and plugs removed. Go check it out. pwtorchvipinfo.com. If you shop at Amazon, I have a request. When you shop at Amazon, don't go to Amazon.com. That sounds weird. How are you going to shop at Amazon if you don't go there? Well, don't go directly there. Start at pwtorch.com slash Amazon. That's pwtorch.com slash Amazon. When you go there, there's a giant Amazon logo. Click on it. It takes you right to the Amazon homepage where you were heading anyways. But that small detour tells Amazon, we sent you there. And when they get that message, they send us a commission on everything that you buy. So it's a great way to support us without having to do anything different other than when you shop at Amazon. Start at pwtorch.com Amazon. That's pwtorch.com Amazon. Thank you so much for your support.
2: Now, PW Torch brings you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling
1: Post Show. It's time to talk this week's WWE Monday Night Raw. So, Zach, are you convinced that the Shield are going to be together forever after tonight's
3: show? <laughs> you know what? I guess, I guess so. That was a pretty firm uh, fist bump that they did in the middle of the ring. So, you know, what else is there to th- what else is there to think at this point, Wade?
1: Well, I, I love Corey Graves. He's skeptical. He makes his case for three hours and five minutes. Uh, <sighs> Dean shouldn't trust him. And then at, at the very end, he's like, this should erase all doubt that uh, these <laughs> brothers are together. So, I mean, it, it, I thought it was well done. I mean, this is an old, you know, it's a thing that you do. And, and it's a it's a uh, tool in the toolbox of booking to, to tease a breakup of a team, um, create doubt and then in the end have have this a uh, really happy ending with the S.H.I.E.L.D. standing strong uh, about 12 days before the Super Showdown in Australia. I mean, I thought for a, for a storyline that you weave throughout a show adding the mystery of will Dean be loyal to the S.H.I.E.L.D. and who will Baron Corbin's partners be, I thought it was a decent hook to try to keep people tuned in for all
3: three hours. Yeah, I did too. I did too. From a simple, you know... Monday Night Raw storyline perspective. I I applaud WWE for, for weaving a story like this throughout the show. It doesn't happen like that every single week. The thing of it is with me was I couldn't help but think throughout the show tonight that had it just been planned out a little bit better, you could have started planting seeds of this last week and the week before. And, also you know to to kind of harken back to some things that were discussed last week if you didn't have all these different shows that you were trying to promote the the narrative of ambrose leaving the shield could have been more viable and realistic but the audience knows that super Showdown is coming up in 12 days they know what the match is there they know where roman reigns is going after that and the triple threat so you add all those things together and it was a hard story to believe but one that i'm glad that they attempted to tell throughout the show
1: So the question is, with that point being made, would they have been better off teasing Dean Ambrose not being on the same page with The Shield and not have that moment at the end where they unify and Corey Graves says this erases all doubt? Would it have been better to have a setup where at the end of the show people go, I I think Dean's with them, and Corey Graves, ah, but is he? Or is he waiting for a different time to prove his point? And then you've got a hook. For right. twelve days from now. Now they do have next Monday's RAW to try to tell that story, and maybe they will, um, and have something happen where there's a sense that maybe they aren't on the same page after all. We do have next week, but at least this week they decided not to tell that story.
3: I honestly thought that that might be where they end up going with with this main event. I thought, you know, that could have been a way and an avenue to give. Um, you know Corbin a, a victory back and you know if you get Strowman and his guys involved in the finish they can get some heat and then you can tell that Ambrose story for another week um, but they decided to go a different direction the shield got a clean win it was you know, a relatively exciting match so it's ah uh, it's hard to grade it down fully
1: I, I think too that there's reasonably so concern that if they tease Dean breaking up with Seth and Roman fans will side with Dean They'll side against right. Roman, and Seth will be hurt by it. And if they go too far down that road, that'll become apparent. Because early in the show, I mean, Seth does some talking, and then Roman takes the mic, and it's, boo! And Roman just, yep. like, chuckles. It's just sort of like, ugh, oh, you know, just, like, what have I got to do? And, you know, everyone just kind <clears> of <throat> seemed to laugh it off. But, I mean, it's clear, teaming with the Shield is, is not going to end this. I mean, it's going to continue... Uh, to be an issue.
3: Well, a hundred percent. And especially if they keep writing lines for him, like, you know, just take a look at our resume. Our resume speaks for itself. Like that's an arrogant jerk talking, not yes. a lovable babyface. Like it's just, it's, it's, it's mind boggling that they keep rolling this kind of rhetoric out week to week. It, it really is something else. I think um, Ro-
1: some of the lines Roman is, is utilizing to are still not working in his favor um, what did he say? Flapping your gums or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah.
3: Something
1: with the gums. Yeah. 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 And I was just like, does he read that? Oh, bumping your gums. Yeah. Bumping you guys, your gums. You right, guys right, are right. out here bumping your gums. So I'm going to, you know, kick your ass. It's like, does he read that line and go, yeah, that's how I talk or, right. or yeah, you know, I talk that way and that's going to get me over. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's no, what was the, 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 uh, the one? Uh. uh Tater tots or whatever it was.
3: Yeah, right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Oh, it brings up bad memories, Wade. It brings yes. up bad memories. Yes, it does. <laughs> Let, let's go ahead
1: and uh and just be, uh set the table here because we got people on hold who want to talk about tonight's show, and we will do that. We've got uh we invite you to send emails too, by the way. Uh Wade Keller Podcast at PWtorch.com. We uh thank you if you're streaming us live and joining us after Raw goes off the air within Three, four minutes, roughly, we're live on the air streaming the show at wadekellerpodcast.com every Monday night and Tuesday night after uh, Raw and SmackDown. By the way, tomorrow, Jason Solomon, the Sala Monster from Solomonster Sounds Off, joins me, uh, making his long way to return as co-host of the post-SmackDown show with me. So join us for that. There'll be an AJ styles Joe contract signing to talk about. and uh, But yeah, so send us an email if you can't call. But if you can call, uh, the number is... It should be on your screen if you're streaming us 347-215-8558 Just be sure to push 1 on your keypad If you want to be a caller on the show Otherwise you just remain in the background So you have to push 1 after calling us To say yeah, I'm ready to join the show And uh, we'll bring you on uh, so this is the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, the post-Raw edition for recorded on uh, Monday, September twenty-fourth, two thousand eighteen. And I'm joined by Zach Haydorn from PWtorch.com. He uh, writes m- an alternate version of what happens on Raw. Well, actually, I shouldn't it's it's the same show. It's not like an alternate world version, <laughs> right. but he also covers Raw for PWtorch.com. We call it call it the alt perspective, the alternative perspective to what I'm doing. What I'm writing, and so you can kind of uh, compare both of our reports as you watch raw or catch up later. If you're not uh, refreshing our reports during raw, you get uh, two different perspectives on uh, on what's happening, and uh, we often agree, and sometimes we don't, or we'll notice different things. So it's it's nice to have those two reports up on pwtorch.com. There's many other things for the torch. We'll get into those later, but uh, Zach, let's not make our callers wait any longer. Let's get the calls.
3: All right, let's do it. Cool.
1: We will uh, begin with area code four. You are up first. Please state your name and the city you're calling
4: from. Hello, Wade and Zach. This is Tim from Baltimore.
1: Thanks for calling, Tim. What's on your mind tonight regarding Raw?
4: Well, you know, I'd like to say, like, for the most part, I thought it was a pretty good show, like lots of, you know, with all the builds and super showdown. But uh, the thing that really stood out to me, and I'm not sure it would be your lead, but uh, it was Brie Bella and that kick that (laughs) knocked Liv morgan out yep and it just was so sloppy and she she was clearly out on her feet and was trying to get her to do more stuff after that and then it took like ruby riot basically like in mother hen mode coming in and having to put the match back together and it it just was like does brie even know how sloppy she looks i mean do you got you guys remember what was it Two, three weeks ago, the two botched planches. Yes. I mean, yeah. I should laugh. it's one, it's one thing if she's hurt. Right. It's one thing <laughs> if she's hurting herself. I mean, that's terrible too. But like yeah. when you start injuring others, I mean, this is getting almost embarrassing, don't you think?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, it's no, it's dangerous. And I mean, there's just you, 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 maybe it's not your thing, Bree. You know? I mean, maybe it's not your thing. Um, but maybe it's just time to augment things and and in, in Bree's case, uh, it might be time Zach for her to not dive through the ropes, which it seems like she learned, um, or practice with like, like maybe, you know, like the kids play with those big rubber balls where they like jump and leap into those big rubber (laughs) ball pits. Maybe she should try to, and and I'm sort of half serious, like do something so that, um, that you, you can try to dive through the ropes, but if your feet, if your toes catch and you fall head first, you'll be fine. Um, and do that like 100 times a day for a couple months. And if you clear, start clearing it, then maybe do it on live television. But otherwise don't do it because we don't want to see you get hurt. But but you can't be thrown yes kicks if you can't place them accurately. I took karate for 15 years. And you learn where your foot is going to land. When you're point fighting, you're not trying to knock people out. You're trying to make contact, swift, firm, but relatively light contact because you're not trying to cause concussions or knock people out. Try to score points. And you learn that control pretty early. Um, I mean, you, I could basically lay in a kick or a punch, and if someone said stop three inches before or a half inch before, and I could throw a round kick to the head or a punch to the head and be within a half inch or three inches, depending on what someone told me, because that's a sense of distance. It's just something you you get through practice. She doesn't have that. Or she's reckless and doesn't care. And either way, that's not an excuse. If you're good at what you do, then you're not knocking people out. And I, accidents happen, and, and I'm not 100% sure that it, there weren't, you know, two people at fault in some way. Um, I mean, I guess it's, it's possible that Liv was, like, you know, leaned in on the kick when she shunt over or something like that. I mean, I, there's a possibility we'll learn more about the spot. But given Bree's history, Zach, I, I mean, the inclination, the natural inclination is to – to look at her, and I agree. Um, she made the cover. You could clearly tell she knew that that she was hurt. She kind of dragged her to her own corner. I, I mean, uh, Brie dragged Liv to the Riot Squad corner, but made it look like Liv was doing it, and then she shouted at the corner, she needs help or she needs out. And then, uh, yeah, she still though went in and did a suplex spot, even though she might have been concussed. And then during the break, she uh, was called to the back for help from Medic. So it, it was pretty obvious something went wrong and yeah, I mean it's it, Bree's got to de- got she's got to be more careful what she does to herself and to her opponents act.
3: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, she's got to stop doing stuff that she can't do. I mean, she's been ba- she hasn't been back that long and almost killed herself two or three times and then now has knocked out live Morgan with, with, uh, with a completely different move. So she's, you know, she's got to keep that, that stuff in check, especially if she's going to be in high profile spots with the likes of uh, possibly Ronda Rousey someday. I mean, you don't want uh, <laughs> that to happen to Ronda. in
1: that. Oh, thing, you know? I, no, no. Well, I know. I, this is this is the part of me. This is the, the evil guy in my left shoulder talking, so <laughs> I'm apologizing ahead of time for this, and I don't mean what I'm about to say. I'm just, oh, but I'm going to say it anyway. I sort of want Brie to stiff Ronda Rousey in the face because I sort of want to see what Ronda would do in response. Okay, okay, that guy in the left shoulders. Get out, get away, get away. That's bad. Um, but if it does happen, if it were to happen, yeah, I mean, Ronda's going to have to decide how she wants to <laughs> yeah. handle that. Fact,
3: well, I wouldn't want to be on the other side of that. That's, that's, that's for sure. But, yeah. you know, even if you're not going to be, uh, you know... Uh, uh, if Ron not going to be re- retaliatory in, in that situation um, you know, you don't want Ronnie getting hurt. She's got, she's yes. got a lot of money they're paying her and, and she needs to be available um, on the flip side. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not sure. I've watched it back and there's some, you know, memes going around on Twitter of, of that spot. And it's just, I'm not sure how it happened twice because it looked like she she knocked her two times. And it's like if you hit her in the face directly in the head the first time, you think you would just kind of leave it at that and, and, and go from there. But then she just went right back in. So I'm, I'm not yeah. sure what she was thinking, but it was it was uh, it was not good.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, she was throwing the kicks and thinking about how do my kicks look and not how to protect her opponent. And no, she did. She hit her her in the chest stiff a few times and then went to high round kicks to the face, obviously hit her in the head, and should have felt that. I mean, she should have sensed, okay, that was stiff. And then Liv just fell forward. And as she was falling forward, Brie nailed her again. And it's just... It's just not acceptable. Brie was never a natural at this. I mean, Nikki was the better worker of the two. Um, I'm, I'm being nice about this. And and stuff like this makes you wonder. Yeah, so, and honest, I mean, you know, we joke and laugh a little bit and snicker, but really she, I mean, if she hurt Ronda Rousey, I mean, it was bad enough when Bart Gunn ruined this Dr. Dusty Williams push by knocking him out. Um, when yeah. the whole idea of Brawl for All was, you know, to give Doc a chance to show how tough he was so he can move up to the main event spot despite other things that were shortcomings in Doc's charisma department and on the mic, um, and that backfired. If Brie Bella knocks Ronda Rousey out by mistake in some match and Ronda Awful. goes down and out, are you kidding me? They can't turn that into pushing Brie any more than WWE succeeded pushing Bart. So, um, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Ronda, Ronda's known for submissions, not known for taking a lot of punches. So it's not like, you know, well, Ronda can absorb it, she'll be fine. I mean, a kick to the nose... Um, is a kick to the nose, and I, I mean, I, Bree, congratulations, you got power behind them, but you're supposed to be working, right? Yeah, right. All right, let me bring uh, Tim back. See if he has any follow up. Go ahead, Tim.
4: Yeah, I mean, well, I look at it as it also could be detrimental to live because let's say she has a concussion. And she probably can't fly, so she gets, so she has to miss the Australia show, and that takes yeah. money out of her pocket. So that's not fair, not fair to her. And I don't know if I, I, I'll have to go back and look, but it, it looked like near the end of the match before Ruby hit her finisher, when she need Brie like to get her out of the ring, it looked like it was pretty stiff, as if it might have been a receipt. Wow, Y'all, yeah, I'll, I'll rewatch that.
1: I would doubt. I mean. I would doubt that that would happen,
5: well,
1: uh, and, I, and I say that just well, I
6: I say think, that because I
4: say that. I right. go ahead, Tim. I'm sorry. I say that because I it look. It looked like Ruby when she when she was tagged in, she like really wrenched in the headlock and took Bree down. And it looked as if like, I'm taking control of this match. Bree, you're a little out of control, and she seemed to like be the ring general almost. But I almost wonder. I'm not, I'm not saying the knee was super stiff, but it looked like it was a little rougher to knock her out of the ring, as if to say, "You hurt my friend."
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I wouldn't rule that out. I mean, you got to be careful about issuing receipts um, when you're, you know, of course, less, of when you have less prestige or less uh, uh, seniority. But yeah, I mean, I could see Ruby just going, all right, you know, let's settle down and let me set a little message. But you don't want to go out and hurt anyone on purpose, um, you know, with like a, a stiff knee. But I think taking a rover and just cinching on the headlock and going, settle settle ourselves down, I could see that.
3: Yeah, and I also think yeah. uh, kind of props, props to Ruby, too. I mean, for because you're right she really whether she gave the receipt back to Bree or not I'm not sure I'm not sure we'll ever know but I, Ruby did kind of calm that match down she she took it over she knew what to do and she took control and I think uh, I think that's impressive and maybe it'll open up some eyes backstage as to what she can do in there cuz it was a pretty professional moment from her Oh
4: well, and then they announced she's she's going to face Ronda next week so they're already putting her in a rather trustworthy spot Very true Yeah yeah absolutely Hey, Tim, I
1: appreciate the call. Really glad you brought that up.
4: Yep, glad to to have you, away. Remember, I called a couple weeks ago. I was your 595 guy. Oh, great. Okay, thank you. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yep. All right, you. Yep, glad glad to listen to you guys. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely.
7: Hey, PW Torch fans, it's Sam Roberts, the last professional broadcaster, here to tell you about my podcast, Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Every Thursday morning on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on YouTube, notsam.com, wherever you get podcasts, you will find it. Interviews with the A list of Pro Wrestling, whether it's Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, just recently Corey Graves, Mauro Ranallo, they're all guests of Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, as well as regulars like Dan Soder and one of my favorite people to talk about Pro Wrestling with, Wade Keller. Plus, every week we do a deep dive and analyze what's going on in the world of Pro Wrestling this week with the state of wrestling. Bruce Pritchard calls it the best interview in wrestling podcasts. I don't know if that's true, but that's what Bruce Pritchard says. Subscribe now. Get it every Thursday morning across podcast platforms or get the premium version at stitcher.com slash All right, our
1: number is 347-215-8558. I'm Wade Keller, joined by Zach Hadorn, This is the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. You can find us just about everywhere. iHeartRadio. We're in more places now than ever. iHeartRadio, Stitcher, uh, um, uh, uh, TuneIn Radio. That's what I was trying to think of. Uh, And, of course, Apple Podcasts, the new Google Podcasts. Search Wade Keller to not only find the post shows that follow Ron Smackdown, also the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcasts, which this week will feature uh, our Thursday flagship with Todd Martin, uh, PW Torch VIP analyst, and then uh, interview Friday, and we've got uh, two different candidates for what we'll be doing. So uh, one is recorded, but we might we're on another one first if it's more timely. So we'll announce that uh, a little later in the week. But a couple good ones coming up. All right, let's go back to the phone banks and go to seven one six next seven one six. Thanks for holding. Please state your name in the city you're calling from.
8: Hi Wade. Hi Zach. This is Lee from Buffalo. Hey
1: Lee, thanks for calling. What's on your mind tonight?
8: Well, uh, other than gloating about the uh, Bills' win, um, I thought the. Uh, <laughs> d- the <laughs> oh Dino, I man, knew it!
1: <laughs> I knew it! I knew as soon as I heard it, you're going to bring that up. I, I paused. I bit my. I was going to say something, and, and like, <laughs> "Let's see if Lee does it." And sure enough, you couldn't do. All right, all right, go ahead. You you earned it.
8: <laughs> sorry, sorry. <wait>. That's okay. <laughs> um, I, I thought though. The, the the main event, we, uh, you know, accomplished quite a few things. You know, aside from the, uh, you know, the Dean Ambrose thing, you had the you know, that vignette, or not vignette, but I don't, I don't even know what to call those, but, you know, when they don't have an interviewer, but they have a camera with two wrestlers talking, whatever that is. The selfie uh, promos? With Drew McIntyre and Dean Ambrose. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Oh. When they've got, you know, Drew McIntyre and Dean Ambrose. You know, oh, talking. yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, <laughs> you know, why why is the camera there who knows but whatever it was so you've got that teased again and uh, i think you know that was actually, that's actually been you know subtly placed placed in the show throughout you know the past 3 4 or 5 weeks i think that's you know a great great little bit and they forwarded that story just a tiny bit today i don't know where they're going long term with that i hope they have control enough to you know not not You know, pull the trigger on it too early, but I I like what they're doing with that. And then you had AOP in there. You know, you know, I I didn't think it was the greatest match in the world, but you know, looking credible against their top guys. And eventually, at some point, they're going to run out of matches between Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman, Drew McIntyre, and you got to have someone else. I I think it would kind of want a good ways to at least build someone else up. you know when that you know when those matches are cleared
1: what do you think zach
3: so yeah i agree i i think um you know i think drew and, and ambrose have some some really nice chemistry together we saw that in their match um last week and i think both guys um you know have something about their personalities and about their stories right now that that match up nicely i mean they're both guys on the roster who are on the cusp of making it up to that next level. I think they work well together from a mass standpoint with, with McIntyre being that like big monster and Ambrose kind of being the crazy guy that just won't stay down for anybody. I think their styles mesh well. So if we get more matches out of them, that's, um, that's good news for me. As far as AOP goes, you know, they needed something like this, to, to, to just break them out of that little funk that they were in. I mean, they really, you know, Baron Corbin tried to sell the fact that they were the most dominant tag team on the roster since they were called up, but they really haven't been that if you've watched the show week in and week out, you know, that on a lot of shows between their call up and now they haven't even been on it. And when they are, they were toiling around with, you know, Titus worldwide or what have you. So this was an important match, not, not because of the match quality or anything like that, but just to put them in there with credible guys, main event level guys that um, help rise AOP's ship a little bit. So uh, on that front, I thought it was an effective Raw in elevating both those guys and helping tell that McIntyre-Ambrose story. One thing with McIntyre, too, that I noticed that was really interesting was when, after the Rollins interaction, actually, and Ziggler walked up to him and asked him what was up, and he just kind of shrugged Ziggler off, there was a, an audible... Ooh and ah from the audience, and I thought that was just an interesting little uh, snippet into what could be on the horizon for McIntyre. I think people respond to that guy, and I think they want to see him do big things. And that that little teaser there, I thought was was uh, was a cool was a cool moment.
1: Uh, yeah, I think Drew is is doing a good job in everything that he's asked, and I think he's going to end up. Uh, being a very significant top tier player for the next next couple of years and, and probably beyond, and that that little moment was uh, I think notem- noteworthy and memorable. And yes, this was a big moment for AOP. I thought they delivered. You know, I thought that they looked uh, like badasses in the ring. They had that moment. I think it was with Razor uh, and, mm-hmm. and Roman where there was a hot tag and the You know, it's, it it was like uh, you know it's supposed to be this kind of big moment. Um, when you know, oh, this is this is two titans of the ring facing off, maybe for the first time, and so yeah, it was it, it, you want to do that? You want to have those spots where you know, if they had advertised Baron Corbin and AOP ahead of time, it might not have seemed you know, it might not have had as many viewers if you didn't do the mystery thing. Although they didn't really play up the mystery much, it, it wasn't like Corbin right. was running around looking for partners. He made it seem like he had the pick of the litter because of the the, the perceived or potential potential the potential heat. Uh, between uh, Dean and and then uh, Roman and Seth, but it, this is a it, it's a it's a moment that says hey AOP belong in the ring with the top guys, and it also in kind of the modern way of looking at it sends a message to fans: pay attention to what AOP are doing because we think they're worthy of being treated as equals against the the, the mighty Shield. So yeah, this this and I thought they I thought they performed well and looked the part.
3: Yeah, I think the look, that was a, a big thing. I don't know that WWE needs them to put on five-star classics, but they do need to look the part of credible main event level heels opposite the likes of Rollins and Reigns. And to me, they, they batted 1,000 in that role tonight.
1: I do want to no well, go ahead, Lee, anything else? Any follow-up before I move on?
8: Uh, just one brief thing. I mean, them going up against the Shield. The only thing is the, the ring gear is so similar. Yeah. Uh, between yeah. <laughs> the two, it, I, I don't know how how long they can do that for. I mean, it's like the police versus the military, basically. <laughs> basically, it. I, I would hope if they're going to do anything long term with the two, with it, one of, one of the two sides, if just it, changes it up a, a you know slightly even. <laughs>
1: if if Taz was in the you know, Shield, he would have not put up with ALP. Stealing his gimmick like this, um, <laughs> old, old joke now I guess. But um, yeah, no, I agree. I think they they do look too similar, and and they should change things up. And maybe it can be a, a way to get Roman to drop the uh, drop the vest. I think it would be one of about you know eight things that are small and doable that Roman could do to try to uh, soften the resistance against him um and glom and the shield gimmick in, you know for his singles career with the music and the vest and just kind of looking like a human video game um you know work against him and you know lines like bumping your jaws works against him and so and that s- sour lemon face he makes uh works against him so just chip away at some of these things and you might you know the, 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 the being the center of the universe on raw might not backfire as much uh lee any, anything else Yep. Thank you guys very All right, much. Cool. Absolutely. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, just to note: we, we did not have a correspondent for us, uh, for an outside correspondent in Denver. We, I looked it up. We had, like, more than we could handle last time they were in town. So I don't know what WWE did to our listeners <laughs> last time they were in town. I emailed a few of them. They're like, oh, I, I just couldn't get myself to go again this time. You know, like, people who went last time enthusiastically were like, yeah, no, I couldn't go this time. I uh, didn't want to spend the money. I know what Raw's been like lately. I don't want to sit there and watch videos. And I was like, wow. My hands. That's interesting that, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm all the more curious to hear about what it was like in Denver and what the crowd was like. So if you're going to SmackDown, please uh, drop me a line. Uh, Wade Keller Podcast at PWTorch.com. We, we really need you to come through for us so we can uh, have that segment on this show. It's a service to our listeners and also it's just a service to our knowledge uh, of what's going on in the building in terms of crowd reaction and how the tenants and all that. So uh, please help us out. If you plan to attend a future Raw or SmackDown, uh, whether it's uh, SmackDown this week, also at Pepsi Center, or uh, a future Raw or SmackDown, please email me, Podcast at p-w-torch.com. Uh You can get in line on the phone banks, 347-215-8558, if you're streaming us live at about... Uh, Let's see, it be 9.40 Mountain Time as we are uh, talking to our callers. And we'll go next to area code 803. 803, thanks for holding. Please state your name and where you're calling from.
9: Hey, guys, this is Joseph from Columbia, South Carolina. Hey, Joseph, thanks for calling. What do you think we tonight? Uh, My initial comment was going to be about the whole briefing. I didn't expect anybody else to talk about it, but of course... We got a lot of emails on it, too, Uh, I can't... (laughs) Oh, that's kind of surprising, actually. Um, I can confirm that Ruby did give her a receipt I saw it actually a couple of times myself okay. and I just wanted to say that Bree almost took off Zelina Vega's head a couple of weeks ago with a pseudo V trigger on Smackdown so she definitely seems to be a little not not so great right now a little rusty um if only she so knew like a really good be... wrestler
1: she could work out with in her free time <laughs>
9: Yeah, right. You would think she might
5: know a couple, but... Uh, um, it's like, um, Virgil, Virg- Bobby- oh, sorry,
1: sorry for stepping in you Joseph. Uh, Virgil, like, the joke back in, like, you know, way back when Ted DiBiase had Virgil at ringside was, how is Virgil still so awful in the ring when he stands at ringside for Ted DiBiase, one of the great ring workers of his generation, and he watched him work from ringside, 200-some dates a year, and he still just couldn't...
0: of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground
1: wasn't there but i mean i could go to a concert and see you know a great saxophone player every night and still not be able to play the saxophone but i also wouldn't call myself a saxophone player by profession if that was (laughs) if i was that awful at picking up on how to play a saxophone even if i was right next to a great saxophone player so i just it's anyway
3: uh, wait wait now wait a second wait are you telling me that all those times that brie is shown in the ring with daniel bryan on total bellas and total divas is (laughs) all staged uh
1: it could be or it could be she just is really slow (laughs) <laughs> at, uh, at picking up what she needs to from, uh, from D-Bry. All right, Joseph, sorry, we're we're stepping all over you. Go ahead.
9: No, it's all good. You know, sometimes it takes people 10 years to become a decent wrestler. It happens, I guess. But uh, but Leah Rush and uh, Bobby Lashley, I love what's going on with him right now. Um, I'm just wondering if you guys think that once Bobby Lashley is done with this feud, if he can actually go back towards the main event with a manager because – um I'm, I'm not sure if Vince, even though he seems to be bringing managers back, if he'll actually want a main event guy that has to have a mouthpiece with him in this day and age, as much as I love Leo Rush, because he's like a much better Enzo for me. He can actually work, and he's great on the mic. Um, what do you guys
1: And think? controversial on Twitter. What else do you need? <laughs>
9: <laughs> uh, go, ahead, go ahead, Zach. What do you think?
3: No, I'm with you. I think it's, uh, I think it's a good pairing. I think um, Leo Rush has all the personality – in a lot of ways that Bobby Lashley wishes he had, and he's good at showcasing it. He can talk well on the microphone, and he just he compliments Lashley in in almost in almost every single way. So I like where they're where they're going with it conceptually from the standpoint of WWE pairing those two guys together. What I think they need to stop doing in this presentation is just talking down, like really, really down to Leo rush. I mean, having the big, bad heels call out the fact that rush is small, that he looks like a kid. I mean, it, it it hurts the credibility that he's trying to bring to not only himself, but to Bobby Lashley's character. And I think by driving him down that way, it really, it hurts the end goal, which is for rush to help get Bobby Lashley over. He needs to just be out there and be his confident self and talk the way he does. and, go toe to toe with the heels and not just kind of laugh him off and shrug his shoulders and then introduce Bobby Lashley. I want to see Leo rush kind of go back at Elias, go back at Kevin Owens as they make fun of him for about, about his size. I think that's, that's needed to accomplish the end goal, which is to get Lashley uh, up the card to a main event slot. That said, I think it's absolutely in the cards for him to be a main event player. If this partnership continues to grow, I mean, he, he, he's already been there. Um, since he returned to Raw, so I don't think it'll take much to get him back. But uh, I think Rush can be more effective if he's treated more as an equal and not as some small little cru- cruiserweight that doesn't belong on Raw.
1: Yeah, you don't want the laugh. Normally, picking on a guy with a booster seat like Kevin Owens uh, and and Ginger did, you or Elias did, you want to have a. Uh, uh the punchline shouldn't come at the expense of the babyface. And fans were laughing at Elias last week when he delivered those those lines. Right. And Leo hadn't really firmly established, you know, he's a cool guy, we like him, don't 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 pick on him for a size. So yeah, sometimes, you know, they, they get in the business of sports entertaining the fans with funny lines, not thinking about, well, how will this affect the crowd reaction? And if fans are laughing at Leo because he's small, which is a stupid reason to laugh at somebody. Um, but if that's what fans are doing because the delivery is clever or the props are funny, you're 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 trying to get a laugh line in. That's counterproductive to the story you're telling. I mean, either, just on the other side of this, either Leo is going to turn heel on Bobby and side with somebody else or Bobby's going to turn heel with Leo. Um, and I don't know which it's going to be, but I don't see long-term... Leo Rush as a babyface manager for a babyface Bobby Lashley. I think one way or the other, they both turn heel or Leo turns heel, and I hope Leo turns into one way. Or the, either way, it works out. um I hope he turns into one of the great heel managers of this era because we. I would love to see that happen, and he's got charisma. I think they're thinking is his athleticism right now is babyface athleticism. You know, his ability to. To um, flip over uh, and and dive and and outmaneuver the big heels who are going after him is a babyface spot. And I get that, but I think his long-term career prospects for any manager is going to be as a heel. Babyface managers tend to run out of things to do pretty quick other than just stand there. Maybe Leo will be the exception, but I doubt it.
3: The other thing, uh, you know, that I was thinking of watching this—not just this week, but in, in previous weeks—was, you know, there's an inconsistency between Leo Rush on Raw and Leo Rush on uh, 205 Live. And I think if WWE is going to want to push all this content out to its audience, it behooves them to line up their their characters a little bit. Because if Leo Rush can get over and people are interested in him, whether he's a heel or a babyface on Raw, where there's millions of people watching. You never know that can convert and get eyes on the 205 Live product. But if they see him on Raw and then watch 205 Live and see somebody completely different, I, you know, I think a casual fan would ask themselves a lot of uh, a lot of questions. So I, I hope with a potential heel turn or a babyface turn on either show that could line his character up a little bit um, and and make 205 Live a potential product that people might want to see more.
9: Uh, Joseph, anything else? I was just going to say, I totally agree with uh, talking down to the manager. To me, that feels more like, you know, if you're going to pick on somebody, there should be a heel. Like when Jim Cornette was a manager, you'd pick on him because he's going to run to his mom and cry about everything, you know? Doing that to a face, not being able to retaliate so much, uh, it doesn't make too much sense to me. But I agree, to me, I think Leo would be a much better heel manager, just his voice alone. He's so great, but his voice just screams heel manager. Mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Thanks for taking my call, and I hope you guys have a great evening. Great, appreciate it. Yep, thanks, Joseph. You too. Searching for more great pro wrestling
2: talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net, along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com.
1: All right, let's let's get another call in here, and we'll go to 720. 720, thanks for calling. Please state your name (laughs) and where you are calling from?
6: Hey, there, Wade. It's uh, Alex from Denver. How are you?
1: Uh, doing good. Hey, Alex, are you our on-site correspondent?
6: Uh, last year, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we actually emailed earlier. I was out of town <laughs> visiting family, and I didn't I didn't even realize until uh, uh, this was yesterday that they were in town, so it's a little yeah. too late to get so, tickets. So you're our,
1: you're our in-Denver correspondent who watched Raw on TV. Exactly.
6: Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. What, what was, so, a, uh, what was yeah, the crowd I, like,
1: I and been... how much did you pay for your ticket? Never mind. That's <laughs> oh, That won't work.
6: <laughs> no, it's the that i've missed in a good several years here but i mean i'm sorry that i didn't go but it just seems like comparing last week and then the next week is like we just happen to miss you know Shawn michaels and uh, ronda rousey and uh you know the surprises that we don't quite get all the time so i felt that not quite so bad because yeah yeah pretty much we got everyone that we would normally see but uh um but no i got a couple questions that are I wanted to ask you to see what your thoughts are, and maybe it's just me overthinking things. That I should just sit here and just watch the show and just, you no, know, no, be happy no, with no. what I see. But that is not your job. Your job shot. is
1: your job as a viewer, and this is you, Alex, and everybody else <laughs> is not to pretend that you're dumber than you are. It's not to turn off your brain and accept a, a, an inferior product. It's not. You you absolutely can hold them to a higher standard of craftsmanship than they sometimes settle for themselves. And in fact, you should demand it. So go ahead.
6: Well, I would like to think so, but I mean, it was touched on a little bit on the last couple of calls, and uh, yeah, it's been Brie Bella this whole time that I've been here. But what you know, aside from what happened in the ring today, you know, first thing that pops into my head when I'm seeing this that comes into mind is we have John Cena, Undertaker, and the amazing Brie Bella that can hop between shows. I mean, did they ever address her being down and Raw and back and forth? Because. This, this brand split just seems like you know it, it just doesn't even matter at this point anymore. Um, I'm just wondering what like that. That's in my mind. I see that, just, and I'm just like, okay, what's the point of this whole brand split? You know, why out of anyone is she just able to hop back and forth if she's a superstar? You know, pick one show, stay on that show, and just be consistent about it. And, I,
1: I I agree. I mean, they don't even address. Have they addressed it, Zach? I don't think they have.
3: No, I don't. I don't think they've addressed it at all. And it's 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 weird that they haven't.
1: And and I, I think it does diminish the roster split. I mean, there is a sense of just a cavalier attitude of of fans don't care about that stuff. And, you know, I mean, Cena at least, they sort of they said he's a free agent. And I think with Undertaker and, you know, there's it's just sort of like, well, he's freaking Undertaker. But I'm sorry. Brie Bella's no John Cena. Right. She's no Undertaker. And if the idea is, well, if you're married to somebody on the other brand, then you get to go over there, then, I mean, they should just say that. You know, just go, hey – you know, the, the GM's talked on the phone and because Bree's married to Dana Bryan, and this is a highly personal issue with Ms. and Maurice, um, that, that Baron Corbin or whomever loaned uh loaned Bree over to SmackDown and, and it's you know because of her husband and wife. I mean just tell us that. I mean why why not? It doesn't hurt anything and you're 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 respecting the viewers instead of telling them, pay attention to some rules but not others when it's convenient for us.
3: Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's so something easy. Yeah, it, it's just so incredibly easy to pull off. I mean, you can just just say it one line, one time. It's all it takes to just complete that that little connect those dots. It's not hard. So, it's it's just it's it's weird that they just don't just do it. It takes two seconds.
1: Yeah, yeah. If it was, this is the thing. I've said this. If it's if it, I call them straighten your tie moments because it's like it takes an no hour to straighten your tie. This is not this is not get a six pack, go to the gym, and get abs. It's like that's a lot of work. You got to watch your carbs, and you got to get to the gym. You got to sacrifice, and it's really hard work if you want to have washboard abs, unless you just have gifted genetics. But straightening your tie, anybody can do that. So just do it. WWE. These aren't hard solutions. It. I mean, it. It just takes a, a decision internally that it's okay to bring the stuff up, and with a giant writing staff and all the people around, or the announcers themselves. Somebody. Sh- it should just be culturally within the, the within the culture of WWE, it should be okay and encouraged to bring this stuff up, and and then it should be a gimme when someone brings it up, because someone's thought of it, to go, okay, yeah, now here's a solution, let's incorporate that in, and if they did that to every little thing that came up that was super easy to do, that was super easy to fix, though everything would be better, and then there are viewers out there who don't want, for lack of a better term, their intelligence insulted, they want to be immersed in the product, and not be reminded of the fact that they're watching a product where the promoters and bookers have a very low standard for craftsmanship for what they're doing. And WWE does. It's sloppy and needlessly so. And I think that's what's frustrating to people. Isn't like it's not that big of a deal. I mean, I'm sure Vince McMahon's attitude and people around him is just get over it. Big deal. Breathe on both shows. Just enjoy the show. But that's that's not fair. I mean, viewers have a right to go, you want us to care about certain things, but arbitrarily not care about others when the solution is so simple.
6: No, and that's to go along with that, actually, too, especially with the brand split, since we were talking about earlier, is uh, uh, Leo Rush and uh, Drake Drake Maverick. I mean, am I supposed to assume that I don't see these guys on Tuesday or now Wednesday nights? Because, yeah, now they're on Raw. You know, they've addressed that they're on, you know, 205 Live, but drake maverick as a gm i thought he you know he's a pretty straightforward you know gm does a great job and in, in raw he's a sniveling manager of uh of aop and now leo rush and he seems like an entitled brat on 205 live and now he's a you know a face for bobby lashley on on monday night raw so i uh, should we? Is it just like completely forget what they do? You know, a day or two afterwards on you know the same WWE product with a different show. Are they two different characters or or what?
1: No, I, I think there's a lot of that going on 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 this episode of Raw. I mean, we had it with Hunter yeah. and Stephanie uh, doing yeah. charity work and then. Whatever, five or ten minutes later, uh, they were being complete jerks getting into their limo. Um, we have Mixed match challenge where, for some reason, people who we are taught to despise are teaming with people who were who were taught are role models or people worth cheering, and we're supposed to just accept that the people who are role models or are, or are, are good people are willing to set that aside and and have a blast. You know, Oscar and Miss, woohoo! This is great. Why why are they? Why is Oscar so happy? Why is Miss so ha- like? They just, this indiscriminate, don't ask questions, let us just do what we're doing. It's getting, I think it's getting worse because they get, they have just so much money coming in from from all these different places now, Saudi Arabia and the new TV deal, especially. But uh, I think they have a take it for granted base with the WWE network. And I think they're a lot less panicked about not being at two or three million now with the other things going well for them. So they're getting sloppier. And I I think they're going to pay a price in other areas. And it, it might, it might just, it might be a, a body blow uh, that they shake off um, at this point. But I hope not. You know, I, I, Again, it just comes down to pride of, of, of what they do and being professionals and caring about this stuff. And it, it, there is no suitable explanation for, for Drake Maverick playing two different characters on two different shows. I mean, if, if a character is on a sitcom and they do a spinoff, and, they, and, and that person shows up on, an, on the other sitcom, they, they play the same character. You know, I mean, it's, it's a different TV show, but it's a spinoff, and 205 Live that's and right. Raw are the same universe and, frankly, mixed-match challenges. They're, they're the same characters, but they're getting along. Why? Well, because it's a mixed-match challenge, and that's where it's all about fun and playfulness. I don't know. There's no good explanation for it, and it's, it's disappointing and, and, I think, frustrating for fans who just want... They're pro wrestling fans, and they want the story to be told well by the people in power and WWE isn't giving it to them too often, and it's so easy to fix that. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a
2: game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a US-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash
5: aware.
0: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky.
0: Play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: It makes it all the more frustrating.
3: And I, yeah, and I just sure. tag you on it. In in it. I like think. Yeah, no, sorry. I think that um, in my head, it's a couple of different things too. I mean, for one, I, I wonder if they're getting to the point where there just there is too much content to curate, where they they. You can't have the same teams that are on Raw be on Mixed Max Challenge and, and and so on and so forth, where they feel for some reason that they have to to blur those lines. But I, I just look at that scenario just completely different. I, I just in my head, different pieces of content on the network across these different shows can help feed the others if they're consistent and not the opposite way around. And it's it's and I don't think it's just me, but it's, it's frustrating. And uh, where they just say, Hey, just sit back and enjoy the show. Well, the lack of consistency, I think, prevents people from enjoying the show. I think they want to see that consistency. They want to, to, to you know, be credited for watching week to week and seeing things unfold, not just on Raw or SmackDown, but 205 Live if they watch there or Mixed Match Challenge if they watch there. And and fans just aren't rewarded for connecting with WWE in all those different spots with all those pieces of content right now. It's it's the opposite.
6: Well, so, I mean, that's just what was on my mind. And, yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. It's just these certain things that just – blatantly don't make sense and it just seems you know yeah exactly address it you know say something about it but when it's just there's nothing mentioned at all there's just a big you know a big wall that's like you know all right what what the heck is going on over here and it just you know for me like i said at the beginning maybe i'm just overthinking things but uh, i know i'm not the only one but it's just yeah i mean it's uh, it's it really gets in the way of having fun and i know this is a stretch but i mean there's a reason 10,000 people filled in all in right away because you know they they you know, if there's an alternative out there that doesn't insult their intelligence they're going to look for it and yeah. i mean unfortunately yeah this mm-hmm. is supposed to be monday tuesday wednesday night having fun and enjoying our tv but it's it, yeah it's just it's just these these little things that are so frequent all the time now it's just so sloppy and it's just yeah it, it ruins enjoyment in a lot of things unfortunately
1: well alex there's there's no relation between what you said and what i'm about to say but i hear there's a lot of tickets tomorrow for smackdown so if you decide to go let us know
6: nice. <laughs> all Right, <laughs> right on. right all right i'll shoot you an email
1: right away okay thanks alex appreciate it you got it take care guys good you bet
3: good night
1: yeah. So, uh, uh, Zach, we'll, we'll uh, come back and uh, answer some email questions. So, if anybody's on hold and didn't uh, join us as a caller and you want to uh, chime in on the conversation, add your two cents. Uh, the email address is Wade Keller Podcast at PWTorch.com. That is Wade Keller Podcast at PWTorch.com. We'll be back right after this with our email segment. Right, we are back for the mailbag segment here on the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. Uh, Zach Haydorn is my guest co-host. Uh, uh, Zach, I, I mentioned that you do the raw reports on pwtorch.com alongside mine on Monday nights. Talk about your other contributions. Obviously, uh, 205 Live for the site and a special uh, weekly column and also your VIP podcast.
3: Yeah, yeah, you can check out my uh, my 205 Live coverage um, now on Wednesday nights. I'm on pwtorch.com, so a full rundown of uh, – the happenings on the show as well um, as my analysis on the segments and the matches Uh, that's Wednesday night. And then uh, on usually Friday, Friday or Saturday, sometime over the weekend, my uh, VIP audio show on the canvas drops. And that uh, is a show where I kind of take a current event from the week, whether it's on raw or SmackDown or NXT or even ring of honor or new Japan and um, take that current event and kind of analyze it from the artistic side, the performance uh, side. So there's, um, um, archive shows about uh, matches. There's a show in there, uh, Ricochet against Adam Cole from NXT TakeOver, where we break down frame by frame uh, the art behind the match. Um, there's promo analysis shows. And most recently, uh, me and a uh, special guest Matt Kuhn did an episode on Ronda Rousey versus Alexa Bliss. And again, it's uh, not so much a show about uh, storylines and booking decisions, but just about the presentation of, uh, the work in the ring or, uh, or on the microphone. So, uh, the show is called on the canvas. Like I said, it drops, uh, usually on Fridays, but, uh, go VIP, um, and press play and uh, would appreciate it.
1: Uh, PW torch VIP info.com is where you can go to, uh, get everything that comes with the VIP membership. You're really missing out. If you're not a VIP member, there's just great content every single day. Multiple podcasts, multiple perspectives, fast turnaround time on coverage of big events, and uh, every nook and cranny of worldwide wrestling coverage. Japan, Alan Kunahan with his uh, progress Paradise, Alan 4 as he's been known forever, uh, just does a great job talking about uh, the European indie scene. Uh, there is wrestling outside of New Japan and Japan. He knows it inside and out. I mean, uh, the ROH, Impact, NXT coverage, Top Knot, it's just on and on, go VIP. Check it all out. Uh, all the details are at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And the largest archive in a single place of insider information dating back to the late 1980s awaits you the moment you sign up. Um, so including really fascinating retro radio shows from the 1990s, a new show dropping every Thursday night. All right. Um, we got some uh, a lot more to talk about here. I, I want to open up before we go to the mailbag with a, uh, a quote from from uh, Jeff Andrew Jr., who does the top three developments column after Ron Smackdown every Monday and Tuesday. So hope hope everybody's checking that out on uh, PWTorch.com. He does a great job just saying, here's here's the top three items from the show, and then here's my analysis of it. Um, First time ever, I think, he had one item and random thoughts because this show was all about The Shield, and there wasn't really like three main things that they were going for. So it's kind of like we can scroll through and say, well, the Brie incident, maybe that's, but is that really... A development or just sort of it happened unexpectedly yeah. um, and nothing with Chad Gable and Bobby Roode counts. Like, d- can you think, Zach, of like what number two and number three would be if you were hard pressed?
3: No, it's funny that when we were, you know, when we were talking to callers, I was going through and I was like, it's strange because, you know, in a lot of ways, a lot happened on the show. But at the same time, it was really all focused on one single solitary story so you know there it's it's a uh, it was the shield or bust tonight for sure
1: and i mean there was a long video package on undertaker and triple h and that took up a big segment but the 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 you know you normally look at the anchor segments the top of the hour the, the opening mm-hmm. segment top of the second top of the third hour and the closing segment well the opening segment of the show was was about the shield the closing segment was of course the main event with the shield and the other two anchor segments at the top of the second and third hour one was connor's cure and the the other uh, was the uh, um, uh, Bobby Lashley Elias match, and I mean, with all due respect to Leo Rush and Kevin Owens and Elias and Lashley, it does, that doesn't feel anchor segment worthy. But if you okay. had to pick out a number two and a number three story from the show, even if you talk about Brie as a major development, I mean, I guess you could say the rev- I, To me, I guess like it wasn't like designed this way. Well, I mean, they were hoping it's the revival. Um, winning over the yeah. crowd as a babyface team, unexpectedly against Dolph and Drew. I, I, first of all, the revival are great, and I think as a babyface team, undersized um, with with their gimmick, I think it can work. I think I think WWE fans, um, the ardent fans, and even casual fans can get into what they do and might like them more as babyfaces than heels at this point because there. I think there is something to be said for. Uh, sort of rebelling against all the flips and stuff like that and just being good, grinded-out wrestlers. But I also give big credit to Dolph and Drew. I I just think that uh, Drew's great. Dolph has had this big resurgence um, as a a, uh, heel this year, and I'm happy to see it because he's super talented, and I think it's working. And they've unexpectedly found a niche, and I I think they really deserve credit for what they've been able to deliver.
3: Me too, and I'm really glad that – This got brought up because I had to had to eat crow a little bit um, on my uh, on my report for pwtorch.com because at the beginning of that uh, revival uh, and Ziggler McIntyre tag team match I was wondering to myself like is the revival going to be able to succeed kind of in this pseudo babyface role without you know officially having that turn to get fans on their side and if you watch that match back in the early part the babyface reaction for them wasn't there. And I commented on that and some early analysis on the match in my report. But then by the end of it and coming out of a commercial break, they, they had flipped the script and they had the audience behind them. And the, I think it's just a testament to how skilled of not just the tag team, the revival are, but just how skilled they are as pro wrestlers and how to read the crowd and manipulate the crowd and, and stay within their bounds uh, of their gimmick to, to do so. So I was really impressed. And then, yeah, Ziggler and McIntyre were great. They were the perfect foil for for uh, for the revival in that vein. And I just I thought it was a really really solid TV match that took up a, a good amount of time. And 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 I think it set revival on a on a bit of a new course here moving forward.
1: Th- this match felt like well they deserve a shot. They were taken out of the picture unfairly. Yeah. We sort of owe them a match, so we'll just put them on. Um, there's not a lot going on on this Raw, so we can give them 12 minutes, let them do their thing. And it it unexpectedly turned into a match that, I mean, the least likely match of the night to get it. this is well, – I should say least likely because there's four good wrestlers. But when you look on paper, two heel teams, it feels like it's going to be a three-minute squash win for Drew and Dolph. Yeah. I was not expecting a This Is Awesome chant late in the match and huge pops for Near Falls for a revival um, and kickouts. I mean, it, yeah, that that match clicked – and I think Vince, who who's been up and down on the, on the revival, at first didn't get it, then he got it, and then he lost faith after the BT match. I bet he's back on board with them now.
3: I I, I hope so. I hope so because I mean I mean that's a they got a big reaction. I mean I don't know we don't have the, the on-site correspondent to corroborate this, but outside of like that initial Shield entrance, those near falls got big big pops and, and big reactions. So I think. Um, you know, if uh, revival was going into this match kind of on like a, a list of eh, if we do something with them, great. If we don't, no big deal. I think at the very least they've elevated themselves off that list and, and have the spotlight shine on them at least a little bit as to an act of, hey, let's pay attention to these guys. They they have they have something and in a weak tag team division, who you know, who knows the sky's the limit.
1: So uh, for Jeff Andrew, I would say if you're looking for number two, it's the re- the revival of the revival. That would be number my number two <laughs> development of the show. Uh, Brie Bella and and the kick that did not miss. Um, what, what might be number three? Another, you can make another argument that that Stephanie and Hunter um, in this just like uh, whiplash inflicting uh, change of character went from uh, getting out of a limo and acting smug to standing in the ring and smiling. For, you know, representing the corporation and this wonderful charity. And then all of a sudden back to being just, you know, jerks getting into a limo and cutting a heel promo. I, I, I'm like, don't get mad at a lot of stuff. Like, I'm kind of like, I like kind of like no drama. I like kind of, I don't know. I just, I don't, I should, I don't freak out at like drivers on the road much. Like, I just, I get really pissed off at Stephanie and Hunter (laughs) when I watch Raw. Like, it's one of like the top five things that just, like, kind of sets me off in this world I'm I'm so irritated by it because it it just seems like it's so privileged like Stephanie gets to play a bad guy on TV but also the corporate uh the corporate good 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 gal I just it drives me nuts. so Vandrew uh, put it really well in his column he says Stephanie McMahon was an emasculating harpy in the show's opening segment but a warm <laughs> matronly philanthropist at the top of the second hour Connor's Cure segment um I don't know. I, I, it's like I, I I get over it quick, but it gets me going a little bit. It's like the top five thing, and, and I, I'm very fortunate to say that. But like with the things coming at me in the world, like if my computer just stops working. I'm like, ah, uh, all right, let's fix this. Hunter and Stephanie do this <laughs> thing. I'm like, ah, I start throwing stuff.
3: What's going on? You know, I think part of it for me anyway, and I, I'm the same way. I, I just I kind of roll my eyes at the whole thing now, but it used to really frustrate me. And part of it was that they. Uh, they have this vibe about them when they're going back and forth between you know polar opposite ends of their character and that vibe to me just screams hey we're triple h and we're stephanie mcmahon we can we can do whatever we want it doesn't matter it's who cares we don't care and it's just like yeah but you know a lot of people do care and you guys like in triple h especially should should know better in that regard because he had to You know work a character to to get to where he is and it's just it's really frustrating to see kind of the just the the arrogance behind that i think that's what bothers me the most
1: it yeah yeah it does it just it feels arrogant it feels cavalier it feels privileged and what bothers me what might bother me more is the possibility that stephanie actually is just completely oblivious to what she's asked to do in the different roles that she plays like is it possible she just doesn't get it like that she thinks she's part of a play and that fans understand that there's this other role that she plays and it's all in fun and when i'm a bad guy you boo me and oh you guys are just great booing me all right but oh now it's time for us to break character here but, you know, still be the same people in the same clothes on the same show, acting the same way. Except now, you got to love us because we represent the great corporate citizen that is WWE. I mean, it's possible it doesn't cross her mind. But even if it doesn't, it should be something that bothers Vince McMahon and, and that other people speak out about. So, yeah, I'm getting kind of mad talking about it again.
3: <laughs> no, no, you're right. You're right. And, I mean, she – more so than triple H even takes it to another level. And in, in that she's running down heels as a babyface to start the show. And I think in this instance, that was, that was fine because Baron Corbin is, is the bad guy, but it's still like a third degree of, of her character where she's running down heels. She's in there being the, the philanthropist for, for Connor's cure. And then there's yet a third iteration where she's annoyed by the fact that she's got a, uh, her husband has to answer questions about the upcoming, um, <laughs> Big last time ever.
2: Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place
5: you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha! In my dentist's office. That's chumbacasino.com.
3: No purchase necessary. BTW, Revoid, We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. That he's been promoting for for what feels like three months. Like, it's just, uh, it, it. arrogance is the word that comes to mind. And that, that was a long segment for something. That's focused on the charity, was it not?
1: It was, and I don't know how many. I was, I was actually rooting for the Hyundai guy to ask for a round of applause again. Like, just keep coming up with reasons. (laughs) I mean, like you could tell Hunter, like the third, he's like, oh yeah, yeah, let's give a round of applause to whoever it was, and then the then he's like, yeah, let's give a round of applause. I actually want to look this up because it was it was it was kind of endearing, but I was like, don't. I want this guy to get so wrapped up in the moment. Like so wrapped up that he's on TV and the crowd is being polite and he's he's doing charity work that he just and like maybe the crowd could pick up on it and start egging him on and get him to just act ask for one round of applause after another after another let's see um he asked for okay he asked for a round of applause for the kids the uh, the boy and a girl Carter and Elizabeth who were great by the way. Um, yeah. in this. I mean, they were fantastic. Elizabeth was tearing up and Ca- Carter, you could just tell this was yeah. like such a special moment for him. And I was thrilled for them. Then uh, then he asked for another round of applause for WWE itself for donating. And then, the, and then all of a sudden he goes, yeah, and wh- let's, let's do another round of applause for you, the fans. And I was like, all right, we got to get a fourth one in here. What can he do? Like, what can the fourth <laughs> one be? Um, so, yeah, it went on and you could see Hunter going, uh, okay, hopefully this is the end of him asking for rounds of applause. And by the way, you're Hyundai, step it up, two hundred thousand. Come on, you can do better than that. That's a nice. That's nice, and I, I I don't mean to be like, but that's a big company, and this is a really cool charity. I was expecting a, a little more, like maybe two hundred fifty thousand would have been rounding up. I don't know.
3: No, you're right. You're right, and and I I always like with the segment when it was going as long as it was going, I. You know, wrestling crowds can can be finicky, and I, I don't think they would have the gall to you know interrupt a segment like that. But with him regularly asking for those round of applause, I was like, oh my god, Hyundai guy! Like this crowd is gonna soon have enough of you, and it's not gonna be good. So wrap it up, buddy, because it just went a <laughs> little too long for my liking.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it, wrestling fans are not as bad as they once were, and don't accept if you're Roman Reigns. Um, and I mean, they, they really are more forgiving. Um, they're not going to, I mean, they're just, they're not jerks. They're not going to screw around with a charity segment. Um, but yeah, yeah. The the guy, (laughs) the guy's like, you know, the round of applause. I'm like, oh, this is getting good. This is getting good. let's uh, let's hit the bell bang. um i said we had some brie questions uh, i'll sample two or three of them here uh kyle from connecticut is it about time for brie to take a trip to florida to work off the rust i always enjoyed bella's stuff during their run feeding with stephanie etc but man she's been awfully unsafe lately the dives kicks miscues with a catapult tonight is it worth it to have her in there um there's a question is it worth it to mm-hmm. have her in there i mean should she should she be given ring time after all of this
3: No, I I mean, yes, she should be maybe given ring time, but not in the uh, in a way that puts her on a pedestal and and gives her the floor to try and showcase what she wasn't really all that great at five years ago. You know, exactly.
1: (laughs) When he says work off the rust, I'm like,
3: "Ah, I'm not sure this is rust. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 consistent with her performances just throughout throughout her whole career. Like you said, at the top of the show, she's never really been like this tremendous worker. And I think you add rust on top of that and you get what you got. Now you get what you got tonight and you get those dives. And so, yeah, I think you can put her in there for, you know, some, uh, Matches that are just kind of going through the motions, A and B type stuff, but and even I think she's protected a little bit in the in the mixed tag matches with with Bryan and Miz. I think something like that is even okay for the most part, but to to give her more time than that uh, with. People on Raw and women on Raw that are going to be tasked with carrying that division, uh, you know, past evolution and, and past the Bella's involvement in all of this. Like, you know, you can't have her out there injuring people. You just you just can't do it. There's too much on the line. So uh, they need to be careful.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, so let's let's go to Zach B uh, it goes. Brie Bella has had three matches Four, if you count them the match with no finish with Maurice since her return to the ring on TV she wasn't great previously but she's actively bad now that should be her name. that should be your new t-shirt actively bad Brie, Brie Bell uh, she, she, we don't even have to let her in on the joke she'll just think it's a cool nickname um, she nearly hurt herself doing a simple suicide dive something multiple wrestlers execute multiple times a night with no issues now tonight she knocked out Liv Morgan smooth out using a move her husband has used in all of his matches for the last umpteen years without incident for her safety. And the safety of her fellow wrestlers, I think Brie needs to step back and focus on her reality shows and let her husband and sister do the wrestling. Zach in Texas. So, um yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to back out now, but I think they ought to uh, start devising a smooth exit plan for her.
3: Yeah, and just you know, just take take that those spots out i mean you know we we can get the yes kicks on on smackdown with daniel bryan i mean you don't need to see him again um on raw just think of think of something else you know it just it just comes down to that at this point
1: yeah all right i won't pile on we'll move on to some uh some other topics here um someone had a nickname for brimo now uh but (laughs) anyway um, let's uh, let's go to uh, Brian H. He goes, wow, the Revival looked great tonight. And the crowd really seemed to get behind them. Will WWE ever catch a clue, strap the titles to them, and shoot them to the moon? So I, I predicted Vince would be back on the Revival bandwagon. But what what is their upside as two uh, relatively undersized, sort of plain-looking guys who aren't super colorful, they don't jump off the page? Can Vince get behind, you know, I mean, like... You know, this is kind of like the Tully and Arn of the modern era. It just they, they're not jumping off the page to Vince, but so I worry he won't get them. You know, like even with this crowd response and 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 utilize them to their full potential um, as just sort of being this unlikely team to rule the tag team division. But I think there's value in in. Having a game plan. You don't want to disrupt what they're doing with Drew and Dolph. They're way more important right now, with all the respect to Dash and, and Dawson. But have a pl- game plan in mind to get the belts on them. And I, I mean, I think you could, I honestly think you could build the tag team division around them as tag team specialists, as baby faces, and just bring on the heels and have them as undersized baby faces do their thing. I think it could be a totally unlikely breakout act of late 2018, early 2019.
3: It definitely could be. And and like you said, it's not just because of the, the crowd response tonight. One thing that they have going for them is the fact that they're not uh, a singles act that is going to get all Vince's attention. I mean, I think Vince recognizes the fact that he needs the tag team scene to uh, to fill time on Raw. And the fact that it is the tag team scene, though, which he isn't always fond on anyway, I think they might be able to thrive a little bit more. I, I see them you're right, they're not going to be in line for a championship run right now because those belts are, are making Drew and Dolph, and, and, and like you mentioned, they're too important to to take a loss at this point outside of the bounds of the story with the Shield. But at some point, I think eventually those belts are going to get out around the waist of Authors of Pain at some point down the road, and I think that that's, that's a money tag team feud. You put heel AOP against babyface Revival, and you have them just – you have them go maybe two, three uh, pay-per-view events in a variety of different matches. I think the audience can get behind that. I think we've seen them work good matches together. They've, there's a chemistry there. Uh, there's a history there that they can play off of. So, so, yeah, I think when the time comes, probably you know early next year at this point. But uh, I think that's the run that I'm looking at to really make them as a, as a staple tag team act on Raw on the babyface column.
1: All right, let's uh, go to a couple questions on Dean here. Um, This comes from uh, Aaron from North Carolina and Marcus also. Um, Hey, Wade, is it just me or did anyone else notice that Dean Ambrose gave Roman Reigns the win? He hit Dirty Deeds and then instead of pinning Corbin, he, in succession, knocked Acom out, then knocked Razor out of the ring. Then he backed up, let Roman tag in, and then did a dive out of the ring. Why? I was completely dumbfounded. Then I remembered, this is about getting Roman over. Thanks, WWE, for ruining my night with that finish. Sorry for the rat, <laughs> but I'm curious on your and Zach's takes on uh, on this. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it It did feel that way, didn't it? This is all about Dean. Yep. And and I thought like they were gonna play it up like, you know, well, did 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 Dean intend for Roman to take in? Did did Roman steal Dean's pin? And they really didn't tell that story. It just came across as well Roman's in the match. Of course he's gotta get the pinfall.
3: Yeah, uh, that's that was my exact feeling on it too when I when I was watching it. And like I said, I thought there was gonna be some sort of funny finish that kind of left. The door open for, you know, is Ambrose turning? Is he not? But then when he just went and tagged Reigns into the match after he and Rollins both hyped up to the crowd. I mean, just look at in that match what those guys did. You had Rollins fly around. I think he gave at least two, maybe three suicide dives. He hit the stomp. Ambrose hit dirty deeds. And the, you know, the crowd's going nuts at that point, you know, and then there's reigns to just kind of ride their coattails, tag in, hit the spear. The pop is still going on before anybody really notices what happened and show over. They do the shield fist bump and and that's it. I mean, I wrote in my report that it's (laughs) a part of it is absolutely just brilliant booking. And the other part is just totally tone deaf booking at the same time and it's so funny how this Reigns story walks that fine line because it's uh it's 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 something else to watch it really is
1: it is i don't i mean i don't think vince is oblivious to how It comes across. I mean, I was, you know, I played Little League basketball and there was, I played on a team multiple times where the dad was a coach or there was, the coach was a dad of one of the kids. And, and I mean, it's a different dynamic and it, and I understand it's got to be hard to, to be a parent on a Little League team and not favor your kid if you think he's, you know, pretty good. I mean, like I get that in Little League, but when you get to the professional level, it's, it's sort of, I mean, you wonder if Roman Reigns gets a little embarrassed by this. Like, well, right. You yeah. Know, like, th- that's what I just wonder about. I'm like, does he just like talk with his friends afterwards and be like, oh, God, I mean, I, what do I do? And his, his friends are just like, well, I mean, he can't say anything. You just got to go with you. I know. <laughs> I know. But God, I'd boo me too. You know, like, I don't know how self-aware Roman is of this, but it is. it is, it's not subtle.
3: No, and I mean yeah, and I think, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and say this Roman's such a good heel that you know backstage he's going, "Hey guys, did you hear that pop I just got? Did you hear that?" <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. you know that's what he's he's deep down he's thinking cuz I, you know, I just uh but yeah, I mean if you have any sense of pride whatsoever, you're looking around and you're going, "All right, something's something's off here." I'm not, you know, these guys are getting the response and there I am just kind of tagging in and just along for the ride, even though I'm supposed to be the guy carrying the company, like, you know, that would uh, that would hurt the ego a little bit, I think.
1: Yeah. All right, uh, Luke in Toronto says, My question concerns the character development of Dean Ambrose. It does seem there is a movement away from his zany-like qualities of the past, but what are we left with? Or, but what we're left with feels a little blank. Is this a deliberate attempt by Ambrose and or creative to take us on a longer journey, or is he just a flat baby face in the absence of, the all, pri- of all the prior wackiness? Thanks for your continued excellent coverage. Thank you, Luke in Toronto. Um, yeah, I, what do you think of, of what they've done with Dean so far? I was excited tonight. Like, we got an in-ring shield promo. We're going to hear from Dean. You know, he's, he's been gone. We're going to hear more than him just, you know, make some wacky comment or, you know, witty comment or whatever to, to some backstage guy. We're actually going to hear him talk. And we didn't. And that was part of the mystery of, you know, uh, Braun and, and Drew and Dolph trying to plant some seeds of discontent. And, and I get the reason for it. But... I, I think it, it is getting to the point now where it does feel like it's defining Dean down a little bit to have him just be the guy in the background who came back after nine months away, and he doesn't talk. He's got no mission statement. He's got nothing to say. And it, it, it seems to be diminishing him. That Now, that said, I loved the Dean Ambrose when he was in The Shield, but I saw him as the vocal leader. I saw him as a mastermind. Like, when they first said, oh, Seth Rollins, he's the, the architect, I was like... Really? Like I always thought of Dean as the architect. I was—I didn't think of Dean as the 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 buddy Roberts of the Freebirds, the wacky guy doing or what? I don't know. You know, like I saw yeah. him as as the 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 the, the devious uh, mastermind uh, who was kind of pulling the strings and pushing the buttons of of uh, of Seth and Roman. And I—I I don't know where he is right now as a character.
3: Yeah, no, you're right. And, uh, you know, if you go back and watch, like, early Shield stuff, like, he definitely is the focus of of the really early part of the Shield and those, you know, those promos where they're backstage and they're kind of all huddled in front of the, you know, one camera that is obvious that they're holding, you know, Dean's front and center. He's the guy that in that very first Shield interview is to the you know, right next to to Michael Cole, whoever it was. And he was the guy that got the most time explaining who the who the Shield were. So, yeah, it's a far, far cry today where they were um, all those years ago. In terms of him losing the zany gimmick, I'm, I'm glad about that. I think that that had a shelf life and I think it overstayed its welcome back when he was doing it before the injury um, you look you never want to wish injury on, on on anybody by any means and I think he had he had a real rough go of it there but um, I think it gave him a chance to refresh that character that needed um, refreshing so I'm glad that he's taken this serious approach he's not being goofy he looks like he looks like he's on a mission the problem that I have is nobody knows what that mission is outside of get Roman Reigns cheered. And that's the problem. So I think eventually down the road, it could come out where, you know, the mission statement finally unravels itself. If he turns steel, I think uh, this new found character and look kind of leads me to believe that that's on the horizon at some point, but uh, they haven't, planted the seeds really yet but i think it all is leading towards towards that
5: hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day low
3: And I think that's that will be good for him.
1: Yeah, I, I I agree. I I have faith that he will come out of this if given an opportunity. I mean, I think he's good enough that if there's some kind of not so good booking that that when they decide to to turn the heat up high on him, it will work. Uh, but and I and I'm with you. I'm glad the subtraction of the zaniness is is a net gain um, for his his main event potential. So. Uh, Blake from Milwaukee says, hey, Wade and uh, Zach, I know uh, last week we all complained there was way too much advertising in different shows that are happening in the next month. But how did we go through a three-hour show and two women's matches, one including Alexa Bliss and Mickie James, and they didn't mention WWE Evolution one time? Alexa and Mickie are both in big matches, and they couldn't even show a couple graphics or mention it? That doesn't give me hope for, for a show that... Uh, my wife and I are especially looking forward to, especially my wife, Blake from Milwaukee. Go VIP, everyone! Thank you, Blake. Um, yeah, I, I am. I I'm hesitant to be a complete hypocrite and be like, why did they hype Evolution when I spent two weeks complaining about them hyping too many <laughs> events? Um, but this did sort of feel like they went too far the other direction. I mean, we got we got a total total be- uh, total divas ad. Um, I don't remember a two hundred five live Wednesday night, may you know Wednesday night lineup ad. Do you remember one, Zach? Uh,
3: no, no, there was not one, and there's some big matches on that show too. They're not big matches, but you know for two hundred five live standards. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> almost goes without say, you know, but I guess yeah, right. it's in context. Um, so yeah, they did seem to to cut back a lot. I mean, I guess they had that movie to promote. What is it? What's it called? Blackout or something? I can't remember. Yes,
3: yeah, so I don't I, I, I I, I, see I, how bad is that though. You know, we should know by, I, based on how much they promote it.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I'm typing stuff up and posting and hitting updates. Yeah, so. very true. Uh, hopefully, very true. The, hopefully viewers know more about that movie than I do right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they, they did focus on on this uh, the, the Australian show that's coming up in a couple weeks, and I get that. Um, but I mean, it is. To not even mention it in passing, I would like to me, just show the damn calendar. If you're going to promote like that, the AWA and World Class is on WWE Network this week, which they did um, in that little, you know, did you know fact thing. I mean, just show a little calendar on the screen and go. Here's the next four big things coming up on WWE Network and sh- at Wednesday night lineup. Show a little graphic. Two o five live. May Young NXT, of course. And uh, talk about the buzz coming out of last week's standout uh, main event on NXT. Get people excited. Make them feel like they missed out on something. Hype 205 Live. And then show th- then the next date after that that you should circle for network subscribers. Put this on your phone calendar is is uh, the Super Showdown. And then after that, and talk about the Saudi show and Evolution. You could do it in 30 seconds, but you're letting people know, okay, here's what's coming up, plan your schedule, but the focus of the show itself after that should still be on something that doesn't make you feel like you're watching an infomercial. And I think that's the middle ground. And in passing, during women's tag matches, I think it is okay to talk about it. I sure hope they turn it up in two weeks. And that Evolution gets as much hype as that Saudi show, if not more. I really thought the Evolution show was going to get a ton of hype and, and the spotlight. And now it looks like it is... There's a chance it's going to be so in the shadow of the Saudi show with that big Lesnar Reigns Braun match and everything else that's going to be on that show. I, I you know, who knows if they do some follow up with Undertaker and Michaels right. and stuff. I mean, I feel like Evolution is going to feel like SmackDowns feel some weeks compared to Raw. Or, you know, SmackDown pay per views, and that's not what that's not what they sold people on. This is supposed to be their time in the spotlight.
3: That's my issue with it. That's my issue with the, the lack of promotion is I think going into the, the Australia show is one thing. And I, and I will say too, you know, I don't, I can't really remember. And maybe it's because I, I just was beaten on the head with the super showdown for, for three straight hours, but man, they, I mean, just in one-off sentences, they plug it constantly and I, I'd be okay with that and the plugs for uh, the crown jewel event if if, if you knew that Evolution was going to get its proper time, if, if the, the Saudi event was later in the year. But those things are just days apart, and you're going to still have, what did you say, 12 days until the Super Showdown. And then the, before you know it, the 28th of October is, is going to be here with the Saudi show right behind it. Yeah. There's just not a lot of time to, to give it the proper uh, promotion and the proper hype that it deserves Given the fact that it was a life-changing moment for women around the world when they <laughs> when they announced the thing, and it's just uh, I don't see how it can get um, the same level of hype at this point with those two shows so close together, uh, and it's disappointing because you know I think uh, it's not not the form necessarily to, to talk about the the merits of the Saudi show, but uh, it's just with 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 those two drastic you know, emotions about the women's show and then the women not being allowed on the big Saudi show, like you think they at the very least want to save face and give that women's show proper time. And I'm just not sure the weeks and the the, the raws are left to do it.
1: I, I am curious. Uh, and, and There's a headline a few days ago about uh, female journalist as the first woman to anchor a national news bulletin in Saudi Arabia. And, and that's part of the progress that Hunter and Stephanie and WWE promised us that, hey, be patient. Um, we're going to be part of something. They ran that that propaganda video, which, which felt you know shameful in certain ways, um, because it, it it's you know to be in the business now of of promoting Saudi progress as if there's some like news agency it, it, to, to WWE fans. It's like stick to pro wrestling and, and save the propaganda. Trying to put a country over when they have so many other things that are wrong right now. Um, that said, if WWE, if Renee Young for instance now is allowed to do the broadcast because now there's a female news anchor in saudi arabia i mean that is a step forward and if wwe it turns out it had the leverage to go yeah you can pay us all this money but you're not buying us out we need to show progress we have a reputation to uphold we are you know we have promoted the women's evolution and we have corporate partners who who are going to be nervous about us being part of this we need every show for there to be a sign of progress You have to honor our culture in addition to us uh, respecting or or tolerating your (laughs) Mm behind-the-scenes aspects of your culture. Um, You know, Renee Hosting... And, and, again, I, I don't want WWE to make a big deal out of it, like to just throw their shoulder out, patting themselves on the back over it. But if if they do that and they just stay quiet about it and they go, hey, Renee, it's great that you're here. Um, this is, you know, just a real quick comment. There's another sign of Saudi Arabia moving forward with women in roles that traditionally, culturally, they haven't had before. It's great to have you here. What do you think about the main event? Boom. Then move on. Just please, like, you know, have some restraint. Yeah. And, and, but if they do that and then the next time maybe there's a valet at ringside if they have to dress a little differently. Um, I get that. Uh, I don't, but I just don't. I don't haven't studied the Saudi culture enough to know like how fast to expect progress in that regard. But WWE, for all the money they're making, they're going to look like massive sellouts, put pushing propaganda if they have to per- exclude women even from this second show. Uh,
3: absolutely, absolutely. They're. I think they're going to have a tough time, especially if they don't give. Um, evolution uh, at the very least equal treatment and equal hype that uh, that crown jewel is getting and if and if it turns out that renee is going to be out there for commentary or or really for for whatever you know good on them and you do it move forward and and act like it's a act like it's typical business because in in regular wwe life uh, it is and that's how they should treat it
1: all right uh, zach well and on that note thanks so much great conversation
3: yeah, absolutely, Wade. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, always uh, always enjoy uh, talking wrestling with
1: you. All right, so everybody go check out uh, Zach's report and my report on pwtorch.com and the show we talked about. I'm sure there's some segments throughout the show we did not uh, talk about on today's show. I will uh, be doing for VIP members the full rundown of Raw Start to Finish. That's another VIP benefit. The Wade Keller Hotline every Monday and Tuesday night after Raw and SmackDown. So if you missed the show if you just want to know what happened chronologically with my thoughts on every segment that has anything worthy of commenting on uh you can go vip and uh it's actually a uh, even though i record them in reverse it's actually a good thing to listen to first if you don't watch ron smackdown and then you can uh pick up on the wade keller post shows to get kind of a more longer form conversation and analysis and of course a bunch of different points of view with on-site correspondence most weeks denver and uh <laughs> our co-hosts our wonderful array of co-hosts and uh and then our callers and emailers so um, go VIP, PWTorchVIPinfo.com. Zach, we will uh, talk to you soon and hear from you sooner. It sounds great, Wade. Thanks. So tomorrow, Jason Solomon from Solid Monster Sounds Off is another one of those great co-hosts that we bring you in rotation here on the Wade Keller Post Shows and Wade Keller Podcast later in the week. Uh, try to bring you all kinds of points of views on uh, professional wrestling with Wide array of uh, different contributors to the shows who join me for these programs throughout the week. So, uh, um, thank you to uh, everybody for supporting us and downloading our shows. Again, if, if you if you listen to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post shows, thank you for that. That's our red logo shows. Pretty much everywhere that this show is available, the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling podcasts are available. That's the Thursday flagship. And our Friday show, typically our Friday show is interview Friday. Last Friday, it was Mailbag Friday. We broke from the interview format. Jason Powell and I did nearly an hour of uh, mailbag questions uh, on a wide array of topics. So much to talk about. Um, last week that we uh, just went that extra hour and gave uh, plenty of time to some great emails that came in. So if you missed that, go check it out right now. Just search Wade Keller and subscribe to the blue logo, the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling. Podcast as opposed to this, the Wake Eller Pro Wrestling post show. Also, be sure you're checking out the PW Torch Livecast lineup. A bunch of colleagues of mine do weekly shows, and there is a new show every day. Mondays, it's MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling fans. And then Tuesday nights, it's the ROH show. Wednesday nights, our NXT show. Thursday nights, our Impact show. Friday, it's the best of edition. Last Friday, my interview from five years ago this month with Jerry Jarrett, the father of Jeff Jarrett, Long-time promoter and booker of the Memphis Nashville-based territory, a power broker in WCW and WWF and TNA over the years, a fascinating interview with him about the evolution of territories and a story that I bet a lot of you don't know a lot about, which was the Pro Wrestling USA Consortium in the mid-1980s that made a run at Vince McMahon. It was a collection of the remaining power brokers in wrestling who were not part of the WWF, including Jerry Jarrett, Vern Gagne, and others. And the goal was, let's take it to Vince in his territory in the Northeast, in New York, New Jersey in particular. And Jerry talks about that. Also, Magnum T.A., how big of a star and a difference maker would he have been if he didn't get in that car crash and end up paralyzed? So all kinds of great topics in that Jerry Jarrett interview. I've made reference to it a lot over the years, and it is now available, the full interview on the Best of Edition of the PW Torch Livecast. So I hope you'll uh, subscribe, if you haven't yet, to the whole PW Torch Livecast lineup every Saturday. It's the Deep Dive with Rich Fan in-depth on a single topic with a great rotation of different co-hosts. And then uh, Sunday, it's the main show, Wrestling Night in America, with Pro Wrestling Torch columnist Greg Parks. And that includes our WWE pay-per-view post-shows on Sunday nights. We'll have one for Impact coming up uh, also after their pay-per-view. But otherwise, uh, they just take callers in primetime on Sunday. Uh, Greg takes calls and talks about uh, past and future uh, big events in professional wrestling with a focus on uh, the big lineups for WWE and otherwise. So it's free to subscribe to the Livecast lineup. If you're a VIP member, you get all those shows on the VIP feed with the ads and plugs removed, which is wonderful. If <laughs> I know how I am. I subscribe to the like Hulu ad-free version uh, so I can get through commercials. I'm big into the Lodge right now, and so they kind of got me to subscribe to, I think, it, is it AMC that the Lodge is on? Whatever network the Lodge is on, I I pay 5 bucks a month so I can... Get ahead on the lodge because I couldn't wait each week to see the end of it, and uh, and it's so nice not having to sit through the the ads that you can't fast forward through, um, if you watch it on, on on demand. Otherwise, so we offer the same thing. I mean, it, it's it's take your pick. We we got to have some ad support if if you're not a member, and so we do have our commercials. But if you're willing to support us and uh, and pay a monthly fee, we give you a ton in return, and part of that is taking the ads and plugs off. All the live casts, all seven per week, and all four Wade Keller post shows and podcasts uh during the week. And then we have a ton of other VIP exclusive shows. I'm part of a dozen other shows per week that never have ads. They're VIP exclusive podcasts and and much more. So you can check out the lineup pwtorchvipinfo.com. We'd love to have you as a member. We thank you for supporting us by listening to this all the way through to the end here. But uh, I think you'll really enjoy being a VIP member. And it's not just WWE talk. We're very WWE-centric here, obviously, on the Raw SmackDown post shows and some weeks on the on the uh, podcasts uh, later in the week, Thursday and Friday. But we hit everything. New Japan, ROH, NXT, Impact, uh, Nostalgia, and, and so much more. So uh, go VIP, PWTorch, VIPinfo.com. All right, uh, follow me on Twitter at the Wade Keller. And follow our brand at PWTorch. You can follow us on Instagram at PWTorch. And on Facebook at Facebook.com slash PWTorch. You can also friend me on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Wade Keller Torch. Be sure you're checking out PWTorch.com every day for the latest pro wrestling news, TV reports, live event coverage, flashbacks, special columns, editorials, and more. Also check out MMATorch.com. With some uh, big names returning, John Jones, Conor McGregor, Brock Lesnar. Things are getting hot in the MMA world, and UFC in particular. So uh, check out that for the latest news and results. And then also PWPodcasts.com. That's PWPodcasts.com for the latest written recaps and analysis of pro wrestling personality-hosted podcasts. And if you're interested in becoming a volunteer contributor to that site, drop me a line at WadeKellerPodcast at PWTorch.com. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to Zach, my co-host, our great callers this week, and some really good emails. And until tomorrow, hey, Denver, come through for me for the SmackDown taping on Tuesday night. Drop me a line if you're going to be attending and can join us afterwards for the on-site report. And uh, until then, Wade Keller thanking you and signing off. If you shop at Amazon, I have a request. When you shop at Amazon, don't go to Amazon.com. That sounds weird. How are you going to shop at Amazon if you don't go there? Well, don't go directly there. Start at pwtorch.com slash Amazon. That's pwtorch.com Amazon. When you go there, there's a giant Amazon logo. Click on it. It takes you right to the Amazon homepage where you were heading anyways. But that small detour tells Amazon, we sent you there. And when they get that message, they send us a commission on everything that you buy. So it's a great way to support us without having to do anything different other than when you shop at Amazon. Start at pwtorch.com Amazon. That's pwtorch.com Amazon. Thank you so much for your support. Hey, if you'd like to hear this show without ads and plugs interrupting, there's one thing you can do right now. Make that happen, and that is become a PW Torch VIP member. You get about a dozen other podcasts throughout the week that I host that are VIP exclusive, and you get the Wade Keller post shows and podcasts during the week with the ads and plugs removed, all on a separate feed exclusively for VIP members. Plus, tons of other podcasts that are VIP exclusive, access to our full archives of podcasts dating back to 2004, which includes post pay per view roundtables dating back to late 2004. Also access to our full archives, thousands of podcasts, over 1,500 back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter that started it all, add free access to our website, and more. Check out full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com. That's pwtorchvipinfo.com to get full details and then jump to our sign-up form. It's mobile-friendly, desktop-friendly. In two minutes, you can be a VIP member, show support for us, and we'll give you a lot in return, including a streamlined listening experience on your iPhone or Android device
0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts.
8: Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.